Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Alrighty, so Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom candidates. Sorry. Uh, Gavin. <laughs> That's terrible. I know that one was terrible. I apologize. California Governor Gavin Newsom appointing the uh, the president of Emily's List to fill the seat of the late U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein, elevating the head of a fundraising juggernaut that works to elect Democratic women who support abortion rights. That, according to a person familiar with the decision. Have they done this yet? Did they swear her in yet? I think they did. Has it been, I think it happened already. Like, I looked away... And I got in the car, I drove here, like, you know, swiped the key card. And all of a sudden it was like, ah, fire alarm. I hit the fire alarm again. Gosh, I'm sorry. It just, I went to swipe my card and I just pulled down that fire alarm. Who among us hasn't made that mistake? The announcement um, that the, uh, the Emily's List president is now going to fill the seat. Uh, her name is uh, LaFonza Butler. Wasn't that Kip's wife? Kip Dynamite? Right? LaFonda. Oh, LaFonda. Sorry. Okay. Well, I, I was like, wow, we got a movie star from, uh, from California. Did you see the reports this weekend also that Meghan Merkel was throwing her name around or something? I don't even know. Like, aren't you supposed to do something first and then... Have the the podcast that doesn't do anything versus the other. I think she kind of got it back. Well, she was an actor. She was an actor. Um, do, 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 an advisor to the governor, Anthony York, told Politico that Newsom make, is making his appointment without putting limitations or preconditions on his pick running for the seat in 2024, which means LaFonda Butler, sorry, LaFon, La, LaFonza, LaFonza, hey. Um, it means she could decide to join the sprawling and competitive field of Democratic contenders seeking to succeed Feinstein with special elections now layered on top of the March primary and the November runoff. This is the piece by Politico from uh, yesterday evening. They broke the news. Butler is expected to be sworn into the U.S. Senate on Wednesday by Vice President Kamala Harris. Slight problem, I think, maybe, I mean, just from an optics standpoint, LaFonza Butler doesn't live in California. She lives in Maryland. (laughs) So I think, I don't know, I think that's, although I will say, give it up to Maryland. Um, They're like the first state, I think, in American history to get three U.S. Senators. That's... That's impressive for them. Good for them. Tiny little state, too. Very, very small. Emily's List started scrubbing its website to remove any reference to the fact that she lives in Maryland. They took that off. Um, 
Sonny Wright, who is a, uh, uh, a pundit on the Twitter machine and elsewhere, uh, noted that even California's senator refuses to live in California. Like that's, that's fair. It's fair. She's not even a resident. Um, let's see what else here on this front. We've got, oh, a short-term appointment um, was more likely, it was more likely to be somebody that we didn't know. I know there were people throwing names around, you know, Barbara Lee was like, give it to me, you know, and, and uh, uh, Adam Schiff, four brains, he, um, uh, he wanted it. Like all of these people that are running to be the full-time U.S. senator, they all wanted to be appointed to fill the unexpired term. But that's not fair, you know. You run as an incumbent. That's not fair. So I, I, Newsom's pick makes sense to not pull from somebody that's actively running for the office. But also by putting somebody in there that's not actively running – it makes it harder for them to run for the seat because you've only got like five months, you know, and that's that's a really difficult lift. You're running for a U.S. Senate seat. So all of California, which is like the whole side of America over there, that whole coastline is ridiculously large. It's a good opportunity. Just point out again, needs to be broken up. State is too big. You should not have to take like, uh, I don't know, an eight hour drive in order to get to your state capital. That's ridiculous. How is that how is that what democracy looks like? The swift nature of Newsom's appointment cuts politicians and their allies off from mounting more sustained efforts to lobby the governor and his inner circle over his pick. Do not underestimate the laziness of the Newsom camp on this. And I'm not picking on the Newsom people. It's like this any any camp like this they do not want to have to be getting bombarded with emails, text messages, phone calls, uh, people coming up to them at the, the rubber chicken dinners and stuff and being like, hey, you need to put our person in there. The lobbying must have been just ridiculously intense. So this, this short circuits all of that as well. It also halts interest groups that were starting to apply pressure on him. Interest groups like, you know, Emily's List or uh, list, and there's just one list. Uh, Emily's List and um, unions. Oh, which, by the way, uh, LaFonza Butler used to be the longtime head of the SEIU, which, by the way, that uh, that union was instrumental in getting Gavin Newsom elected governor of California. So payback, right? A little bit of payback for her. She's going to get a nice salary, a uh, nice resume enhancement, even if she doesn't try to run for the seat uh, within the next five months. And I've seen no indication that she does intend to do it. I will also point out that as the head of Emily's List, which is the pro-abortion crowd, uh, left-wing activist types and such, I think, can we now ask the question? We should ask her, because she would know, right? She would be a good Democrat to ask about whether or not she supports any limits whatsoever on abortion. She should know this topic in and out, being the president of Emily's List and all. Congressional Black Caucus Chair Stephen Horsford wrote to Newsom urging him to appoint Representative Barbara Lee, a candidate for the Senate, whom the governor recently ruled out over worries about giving somebody a leg up. Newsom fulfills the promise that he made to name somebody based only on their lack of uh, male genitalia and uh, their race. Um, Newsom also avoids veering directly into next year's Senate contest between rivals Representative Katie Porter, Adam Schiff, and Barbara Lee. So you, <clears throat> excuse, hang on a second. I'm gonna hit the 
Let me hit the cloth button. <clears throat> Here, hang on a second. Oh, <coughs> hang on. <coughs> hang on, that was the wrong button. This is the cough button. Start talking and it, you just hit the cough button and then it mute, mutes you. Something like that so I can cough. Sorry about that. It was my bad. I hit the fire alarm again. Totally thought it was the cough button. I just, uh, who among us, right? Who among us? Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, alrighty, so the uh, the replacement has been named for Diane Feinstein. She passed away the other day at the age of ninety, I think. Um, and now I think her daughters are fighting over her multi million dollar estate, like and, or like three mansions. And I mean, that's what public service gets you. You know, you're doing it for the public, for the public good. And then and then you become a multi multi millionaire. That's how that works. Okay. Um, LaFonza Butler, and uh, she's uh, uh, from Maryland, actually, which was weird that the governor of California had to go all the way to Maryland to find a black female lesbian to name uh, to the U.S. Senate. But it's a first. Oh, my gosh. I feel so important. It's a first. What a time to be alive. I was talking about this last week. All of the firsts, right? And it's like this. people are just like crazy about the historical nature of the thing. And I don't even think it really matters a whole lot anymore. I really don't. I think a lot of the stuff is so, uh, like the last week uh, example was there were three youth organizations inside the North Carolina Democratic Party. Okay, so, all right, so think of the Democrats, narrow that down to just the state Democratic Party, and then you narrow that down to just the young people inside the Democratic Party, and then you break that off into three different youth groups inside the state Democratic Party, and they each now have not just a black leader, but a black male leader in these three organizations at the same time. And that's historic. Oh, my gosh. And they cited the historical nature of three black men leading the youth groups inside the state Democratic Party as uh, this historic event, the historical nature of it, and they used it to attack four black lawmakers <laughs> for voting for the budget. So, yeah. Um, she is Butler, LaFonza Butler, a, is a veteran organizer and well-known in Newsom's orbit. He contemplated hiring the Southern Mississippi native to be his first chief of staff. And she was a one-time partner in the San Francisco-based consulting firm now known as Bear Star Strategies with his top political advisors. She has remained a confidant of Vice President Kamala Harris after serving as a senior strategist on her 2020 presidential campaign. Wait, her 20, her 2020 presidential campaign? 
Didn't she, like, drop out of that immediately? You got to love the people who fail upwards. Really. It is impressive. I, I admit I am impressed by people who fail and fail and fail and just keep getting promoted for it. Ron McDaniel, looking in your direction. It's pretty impressive. You know, I, I mean, obviously, I can't do it. She spent nearly two decades as a powerful and well-respected labor leader with the SEIU. She is the first openly LGBTQ person. Oh, wait a minute. Politico, what's up with that? Why'd you leave out the uh, the 2S and the plus and the IA? What's, on, what's going on there? Homophobe, transphobe, 2S-phobe, plus-phobe. She's the first one to represent California in the Senate. Oh, okay. Wait, hang on. So was there another... Anyway, is there another LGBTQ member of the Senate? Okay, besides Lindsey Graham. Oh, dang it. Sorry. Hang on. All right, hang on. Sorry. I meant to I meant to hit that. I meant to hit the rim shot. I hit the fire alarm. I'm sorry. It could happen to any of us, really. All righty. So uh, the Senate uh, Democrat leader Chuck Schumer in recent days, was among those urging Gavin Newsom to move with speed, given the looming shutdown in Washington and the bare-bones Democratic majority in the Senate. That, according to two people familiar with their conversations, told Politico. So this now gets us to the, uh, the shutdown, at the avoidance of the government shutdown. Now, look, I had gone out of town this weekend. That's how little I cared. I know, like... When democracy ended, I was like, I was going to be somewhere on a beach. You know, that's with all the uh, the other dead people from net neutrality. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, he avoided it. Now, say what you want about Kevin McCarthy. And people do. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people say a lot of things about him. But guy made a deal. And uh, Trump is backing him. I think Trump actually just. Uh, through his support uh, 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 behind him again, even though Matt Gates is trying to uh, is trying to whack him. Um, well, I mean, just out of the position. He wants to... Uh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. So House Speaker Kevin McCarthy knew Friday night that if he wanted to stop the government from shutting down, he might have to do something that he had avoided for months under pressure from far-right Republicans. He was going to have to rely on Democrats. Note the, by the way, and I did note this. Let's see, we go far-right Republicans, Democrats, Democrat-led Senate, hardliners, Republicans, 209 Democrats, extreme MAGA Republicans, uh, some Democrats. Uh, Yeah, so that's the hardliners, uh, Republicans. Um, 21 hardliners, Republicans. Are 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 you catching a theme here? It's always the hardline Republicans, the far-right Republicans, the hard-right Republicans. And it's always the Democrats. Just the Democrats. They're just Democrats, y'all. Eight minutes before midnight, before he turned into a pumpkin, and with just a little more than 24 hours to figure out a way to keep funding the government, the Speaker quietly filed a new bill. At a House GOP meeting in the morning, he then made the shocking announcement that he would largely embrace bipartisan legislation in the Democratic-led Senate to keep the government open through November 17th, according to a source close to McCarthy. 
But there was one catch. He would cut out aid for Ukraine while leaving in disaster relief funding. That monster. What? I can't believe it. He's going to leave out the money for Ukraine while leaving in money for America? That monster. Lacking enough Republican votes, he made a wager that Democrats would rescue the bill. And guess what? They did. McCarthy's move was an act of defiance against the hardliners who strenuously opposed a short-term bill. Some, like Representative Matt Gates from Florida, even threatened to force a vote to overthrow him if he passed a bill with Democratic votes. But that's Gates's play. That's all. That's that's his shtick. That's his thing. He's been making that threat. I think since. I think since uh, he got there. <laughs> I think since he got into the house. Um, and by the way, this is a very uh, libertarian party kind of a problem. The libertarians, something about, I think it's the contrarian, anti-authoritarian nature or anti-authority nature of a lot of libertarians, uh, where as soon as somebody stands up and they're like, yeah, okay, I'll assume the leadership of the uh, of the party, and the libertarians are like, get him, he wants to lead. So I think that's part of it. But also there's, you know, you're in, you're in a safe district, and you know what your base wants in that district, and so you cater to the base. And look, there... Is Gates going to be effective? Is Gates going to actually win this fight? I don't know. I don't think so, because he's going to have to get like all the Democrats on board. And I don't think all the Democrats are going to want to get on board with Matt Gates, but maybe they do. Maybe they do. I, I, I don't know. Like making these types of predictions on the machinations, I just I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think Gates is basically playing to his audience and he may file the motion, but I don't think it's going to. Uh, I don't think it's going to result in McCarthy uh, getting the boot, but it might. The Speaker's decision set in motion a rapid series of events that led to the House passing a slightly revised bill to keep the government funded through November 17th on a broad bipartisan vote, and then the Senate swallowing it just in time to keep the lights on. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. If somebody wants, like, this is the thing, like, the media hypes this stuff up like there's some guy standing with, like, some big switch. He's going to turn all the lights off and shut down power to every single federal building, right? As soon as midnight hits, like, oh, that's it. And that's and now nobody has any power or money. You know, like, kind of like all of us after tax season. That's if somebody wants to make a motion against me, McCarthy said, bring it. There has to be an adult in the room, he said. The gamble paid off after some angst and political machinations and uh, somebody pulling a fire alarm. Yeah, that's it. That was Jamal Bowman. I'll get to that. Um, 209 Democrats joined 126 Republicans to pass the bill. Just one Democrat, Mike Quigley of Illinois, which I think he was also... Is that the guy from uh, Family Guy? Is that the friend? Oh, no, it's Quagmire. Never mind. Sorry. Uh, Quigley voted no. Uh, Democrats were uh, quick to claim victory. That's fine. McCarthy can claim victory, too. Whatever. Like, Like, who gets the credit for the government, like, doing what it should do? (laughs) <laughs> I really don't care. In the grand scheme of things, I, this doesn't matter to me. It really does. All of the shutdown politics and all that stuff, it's all just theater. That's why I ignore most of it. Because sure enough, here we go. 
They, they, oh, look at that. We figured out a way to agree to keep doing what we're doing. Yay, us. And now they're going to, what, claim victory? I, yeah, I don't care. It's not a victory. Not in my eyes, not a victory. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. That's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Here's an email from Dave uh, talking about uh, screw-ups getting promoted. Right, The more you mess up, the higher you go. Um, says this is a universal thing. I spent 22 years in the Air Force, and even there uh, we had a saying, bleep up and move up. So, so FUMU. I will leave it to you to censor as needed. Yeah. FUMU. That's what we, I mean, that's what we're seeing with this. Uh, LaFonza Butler, Emily's List president, right? I mean, she brings in all the sweet, sweet abortion money. So I, I, I get that. But she was like one of Kamala Harris's campaign advisors. Why would you reward her? Except, of course, like, that's the thing is it's a reward for her personally. She gets the you know, the kind of the feather in the cap, she's probably not going to run for the seat. And uh, and so he doesn't have to worry about that, giving her like a, a leg up in a, a statewide race for the U.S. Senate. And so I, I I look at it as a placeholder. She's she's a placeholder appointment that Newsom made. Um, and look, Democrats wanted this seat filled quickly because the, sh- the government shutdown fight that they were having, they were worried that they would not have enough votes in the Senate to repel something that comes out of the House, because they're both very closely divided. Behind the scenes, um, some Democrats in the influential New York delegation who were not happy with McCarthy's tactics knew that they had gotten trapped. Their state had just been pummeled by storms, and to vote against this bill, the continuing resolution to keep the government open, it would also be a vote against the flood insurance provisions that are in it. So in the middle of Democrats attempting to buy time so they could review the legislation, that's when the fire alarm went off. Right. And that's when everybody became aware of a fellow by the name of Jamal Bowman. Yeah. Fire alarm goes off in one of the House office buildings. It has to be evacuated. Across the Capitol, in a closed-door lunch meeting Saturday, Senate Republicans overruled McConnell's plea to preserve Ukraine funding. So Mitch McConnell was like, that was a high priority for him, keeping the money in there for Ukraine. But couldn't stay in. The clincher came when House Democrats secured a late concession to alter a provision in the initial GOP-written bill to address Democrats' concerns that it would raise pay for lawmakers. 
their top appropriator, Rosa DeLauro, Democrat from Connecticut, blasted the provision in a one-page paper criticizing the McCarthy bill, which was subsequently te- uh, tweaked rather to revert to the Senate language, clarifying that lawmaker pay be kept flat. Okay, so they got that out of there, and then they kind of had to go along, and then the 335 to 91 House vote was, as uh, NBC calls it, a startling display of what was possible if McCarthy stopped catering to his hardliners and worked with the House's moderate majority. See, all the Democrats are part of the moderate majority. See how that works? There's no progressive caucus, I guess. There's no squad calling the shots. There's nothing like that. Jamal Bowman, he's a member of the squad. He's one of AOC's uh, colleagues, part of the progressive caucus. And right as Democrats were, were running through all of their stalling tactics the other night, while they were trying to read the bill, right? They were trying to stall. There was a thing that they uh, what do they call it? The magic minute, I think. Where was it? Yeah. Hakeem Jeffries, who was the House Minority Leader, he used his magic minute for 52 minutes. That's why it's called a magic minute, because this minute lasts 52 minutes. It's a House rule that allows the leader of each party to speak on the floor for as long as they want. And so he was basically just running the clock so Democrats could review the text. And they kept trying all these delay tactics. And that's when Jamal Bowman pulls the fire alarm at a U.S. Capitol building. Now, he says he was trying to rush over to the Capitol to cast his vote. He claims that he was just confused. He was totally confused by the signs on the door. The signs on the door said this is an emergency exit. And if you push on the bar, then the alarms go off, and within 30 seconds, the doors will open. And so he was, he was just dumbfounded. He was just perplexed by this. He, he didn't know what to make of all the signs, so he ran over and he pulled the fire alarm because he thought that was going to open the doors. Rather than the big push bar right, right across the middle of the doors, that you would normally you know, push on the push bar and then that opens the door. And it's right underneath the sign. And I've seen the picture because, you know, everything's on camera as the J6 riots taught us. They got video of everything. Except maybe Jamal Bowman in the, uh, the moments before and after the, uh, the, the, he pulled the fire alarm. Now, he says he did not realize that, that the fire alarm was not the emergency exit. Which might be believable if the guy wasn't a former high school principal. I'm pretty sure they've got both of those apparatuses. Apparati? Apparatusi? Apparata. They've got them in schools, people. The guy knows. And also, the fire alarm, it says right on it, fire. Fire. <laughs> 